0: The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights, all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today.
1: A very warm welcome to Squatbox. Not only have you got myself, Steve Sedgwick, I can only apologize, Arabina Gamede, and this chap turned up post Davos. Nice to see Arjun Kapal as well. That means we must have a tech smattering in our headlines. Yes indeed we do, because Netflix mania takes hold, shares pop in extended trade as subscribers surge in revenues, top expectations and the streamer makes a $5 billion move into live sport, signing a 10 year deal with WWE, I never knew that was sport. Anyway, Donald Trump solidifies his position, securing victory in New Hampshire, but failing to knock Nikki Haley out of the contest as the race for the White House moves to her home state.
2: I can go up and I can say to everybody, oh, thank you for the victory, it's wonderful. It's what, Or I can go up and say, who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and, like, claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually.
0: SAP unveils a 2 billion euro restructuring plan affecting uh, 8,000 jobs as the German software firm focuses on its AI ambitions. We'll talk through that decision with the CFO Dominic Assam. That's in the next hour. And Turkey's parliament backs Sweden's NATO membership bid, ending months of deadlock and bringing the Nordic country one step closer to joining the military alliance, with Hungary a final holdout.
1: Um, We talk a lot about the dominance in the foundry business of TSMC, which makes Taiwan such a strategically important geopolitical location. We talk so much about the chip designs out of the United States, Uh, GPU units, which makes Nvidia so important. We don't often talk about the champions in Europe in the semiconductor space because there are some including ASML, which makes the worst word in English language, lithography machines. Not, not a word for television at 6am in the morning, but they do. And lithography machines are absolutely important in the process of making chips. So when we have ASML earnings, it's important for the entire semiconductor chip sector. And as you can see, the shares off their lows late last year, back in late September, put on a, a bit of a sprint actually uh, from those lows of around about 548 euros. They're back up to over 700 euros and it's actually one of the few european tech stocks that trades uh, in comparison more um, kind of pricing to the us uh, 36 times forward so they've had quarterly net bookings in the fourth quarter of 9.2 billion of which Uh, 5.6 billion is in EUV, which is a type of uh, chip manufacturing process. Net sales in the first quarter 2024 are expected to be between 5 and 5.5 billion euros, with a gross margin of 48 to 49%. The CEO says we maintain our conservative view for the total year and expect 2024 revenue to be similar to the previous year. Uh, also going to be an important year to prepare for significant growth we expect in 2025. So that's very interesting as well. Um, what else have I got? i tell you what I've got. I've got Arjun Kapow. And so while you're here to talk about, I think we've got you down for three other stories today, including Tesla previews, Netflix review, uh, and taking a look at Bitcoin. Why don't I add a 4 string to your? Well, it's been here this week. Might as well get him get our money's worth today. As well, yeah. and I know you've been unwell, so I hope you're feeling a bit better now as well. But don't stand, sit too close. Um, but, but, but in all seriousness, ASML. Um, mm. What I think is interesting is they know that okay, it, it's a flattish year 2024, but 2025 are going to ramp up again. This is because of new chips, yeah? Yeah.
3: One of the things that the CEO's flagged over the past few months is the fact that they're expecting sort of a, a slightly uh, conservative approach from the chip makers in terms of buying ASML's equipment in 2024. But they're expecting as those demand for things like AI chips continue to ramp up that these chip makers like TSMC, Intel and others will will bring spending back. Uh, in 2025, start to buy ASML's uh, units again. One of the big issues ASML's contending wing at the moment is the geopolitics. Uh, it has been caught up in the broader US-China tech so battle. it's not allowed to sell its most
1: advanced lithography machines to China. Is that it, the, is it's that not, the
3: but one of the concerning things, I think, for the company now is that also some of it's slightly less advanced. Uh, lithography machines are being caught up in the export restrictions uh, by the US, but also by the Dutch government uh, as well, under pressure uh, from the US government. So that's something. Now, they said it's not going to have a material impact uh, on uh, its sales in 2024, but it's certainly something to watch uh, with this company, which, as you mentioned, Steve, is is critical to the chip supply chain. Well, you might as well hang
1: around for the whole show because we've got a very (laughs) tech bias to it today. So um, hang around for a moment because Arabile has magically floated to the wall to look at netflix little little
0: fairy dust and i just popped up (laughs) and here i am right (laughs) our own little
1: cherub has floated over
0: (laughs) well nonetheless let's talk about the streaming service netflix right shares in netflix jumped in extended trade after the company reported stronger than expected fourth quarter subscriber growth and topped revenue estimates although the bottom line eps did come in short the streamer did report 8.8 billion dollars in revenue and added 13.1 million paid subscribers now boasting a record 260.8 million paying members that is ultimately its best numbers then when it comes to subscriber growth in the business netflix's managing director greg peters said the company's ad business had the potential to grow even further
1: we got a ton of work ahead of us on uh just getting to you know, the level of maturity and um, impact to the business from the countries that we're operating in today. Um, I would say, you know, never say never on expanding beyond that, but it's worth noting that the the countries that we are currently operating in represent about 80% of global ad spend. So we're already, um, you know, working in the spaces where there's the majority of opportunity. You know, we'll see in the fullness of time, but we'd say, I'd say we got years uh, of work ahead of us to take the ads business to the point where it's a material uh, impactor to our general business.
0: Well, here's a deal that might actually excite Arjun as well. Netflix announced a partnership with TKO Group Holdings to stream the WWE's flagship program, Raw. It will begin uh, airing the show from next year as part of a 10-year deal, which is valued at more than $5 billion. Now, the move does mark uh, Netflix's first major foray into live sports. Now, U.S. colleagues also caught up with actor, producer, as well as former WWE champion Dwayne The Rock Johnson and asked him about his thoughts on the deal. When it comes to Netflix, I'm excited about it too. 52 weeks live, that's a lot of rock raising the eyebrow every week for <laughs>
1: Netflix. Am I being... Hi, Arjun. Arjun's here again. He um, yes, hasn't gone. I, I, I love sport and I love The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock but WWE is not sport, is it? It's live me. scripted sport.
3: Sports no, entertainment, Steve. Yeah, there we Sports go. Sports entertainment.
1: So I grew up with, and, and you can all look this up, giant haystacks and Big Daddy in the 70s on grandstand on a Saturday afternoon. This was, this was grown middle-aged men wearing tights <laughs> and leotards. It, it, it didn't look like sport then, and despite the razzmatazz of WWE, it doesn't look like sports now. But don't get me wrong, I get it, it's They're very athletes. popular. They're
3: athletes, Steve.
1: There's some of the some of the no, they the They're very, very, very strong-looking <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And
0: actually, <laughs> Dwayne was actually saying, even in that interview, that it, it bears testament to even his grandfather and father, who both were wrestlers. Yeah. And this is the last thing they would have expected because in their time, it was literally.
1: I, he's a phenomenal, amazing man who's had a yeah. couple of great careers, but arguably, it's the same career acting. <laughs> <laughs> arguably. <laughs> well, yes. I'm not going to argue with him, <laughs> I, I love the bloke. But anyway, tell us about Netflix.
3: Um, Netflix, lots of interesting. I think this was probably the most. Yes, the earnings were interesting. I'll get onto that in a minute. But this, this was a this deal in particular with, with TKO, the WWE, uh, was in particular very interesting because it now puts uh, a, a sort of the Netflix's first long-term foray into live events uh now every week they're gonna have to deliver this product it's going to be interesting to see for 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 netflix it's a it's a new experiment and the question is does this now after so many years of opposition to live programming from netflix does this now open the doors for other things like football like um uh any other sport as well uh, and other live events Uh, and for the wwe they've had a, a pretty mixed bag in trying to do their own streaming service does this unlock a new audience uh, for uh, Raw and some of their other products as well. So I think this is a really fascinating deal. But I suppose this is more
0: dipping their toes in as opposed to just keeping, you know, sort of taking in the whole package. Because you've got Raw, you've got SmackDown, you've got other elements of this whole deal as well, right?
2: That's right,
0: yeah. Yeah, look, we'll continue to talk about this. Let's bring in uh, Yang Wang, senior analyst at uh, CounterPoint Research as well, into this conversation. Yang, I mean, uh, this deal kind of adds... To a lot that uh, um, Netflix has kind of been trying to put out for some time, they've focused a lot on um, on, on profitability as well. But if we start off just with those subscriber numbers, thirteen point one million—that's that's a good number in the context. That makes it a little bit more uh, enterprising,
4: doesn't it? Absolutely right. Uh, good morning, Steve. Good morning, Arbil. Um Yeah, thirteen million net ads in. Uh, Q4 of 2023. Well, the street expected uh, eight to nine, eight to nine million ads. So yeah, fantastic set of numbers, and with those additions, the the profitability was maintained. So uh, very good job from management. Really, it comes down to um, three areas: the you know sort of lingering password sharing crackdown. And the introduction of the ad supported plan, which was uh, really successful, and also international expansion. And on that last point, double digit growth in uh, Europe, Euro Middle East, and Africa, and 10% in Latin America, and the staggering 19% in APAC. So, yeah, the, the company is really in a league uh, of its own. Uh, that probably is the reason why it can go. And beyond and strike these ambitious deals that uh, you guys have been talking a bit earlier.
0: Yeah, uh, if if one was to look at whether this was a space that they'd be getting into, they've said, however, that they're not looking for further consolidation, so they're not trying to get too acquisitive. But how else do they then continue to grow? They've already, you know, pushed their their, their revenue streams to the max in some instances. Would you think?
4: Well, I mean, management did comment, uh, for example, on the ad spending part, that um, it really was just a, a trial for the first uh, couple of quarters. Um, they're saying that uh, they are operating in the markets where 80% of ad spending is occurring. So there actually is a lot of uh, more uh, business that can be done. And also with that, they're partnering with the likes of Microsoft, um, to hopefully deliver a better ad experience. Potentially, we couldn't be talking about AI, helping in terms of recommendation. So there's a lot of things that, uh, that could happen. And just on the international part, yes, I talked about the growth in subscribers, but they are having a big advantage over the other rivals in terms of their production. Remember Q3, Q4 was uh, the time when the writers and actors striped uh, the, in Hollywood really hampered Um, the operating and the cost uh, considerations of the other uh, platforms. But Netflix really uh, did well, uh, mitigated that, uh, and also their international uh, production is offering a really unique perspective for customers. And that's justifying their potential price hikes too. So all around a pretty impressive uh, set of numbers.
1: Um Really good to see you today and get your expertise. I feel like I'm a frog being boiled slowly with price increases across the sector. Uh, just in my own household alone, Amazon, Sky, Netflix, Spotify, Apple, Disney. Uh, the family's got a lot of them, but I see these little price increases, a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there. Is there going to be a breaking point where one or two of the players drop out? I appreciate your point you raised with uh, Arabile about them not leading consolidation, but is there a point where actually some of the rivals just say, we're going to drop out of this race?
4: Yeah, well, I think Netflix is really in the league of its own here because uh, the other streaming players, um, you can say that they are definitely struggling to juggle between profitability and the continuing growth. And... uh, Um, the cost, the sales and marketing uh, that need to support that. So definitely, I think there is a case where um, we might see some consolidation in the market, mainly because um, the cost of content is going up tremendously. And even Netflix themselves, they spent, I think, 13% on content in 2023, probably 17% in this year and 20% the year after. Um, For Netflix, even for Netflix, that is a staggering ramp up of co- of cost increases. You can imagine what the um, what how, how tricky the the landscape is going to be for some of the sw- small streaming platforms. So yes, I agree with you. Um, consolidation could be on the way um, sometime uh, uh, in twenty twenty
3: four. Young, it's uh, Arjun here. Just on the pricing as well. There was a little nugget of information in uh, Netflix's earnings that it plans to re- retire its cheapest ad-free tier. Now, if you look in the the US, that was the $11.99 plan. So as it stands, when they do retire that, users will either have the unsupported tier at $6.99 or the next jump up would be the $15.49 standard ad-free plan. Uh, Given that sort of divergence in in the price plans at this point, uh, is there a chance that people downgrade uh, from the standard plan
4: to the ad tier?
3: There
4: always is a chance. Downgrade, but if i if i remember correctly in the previous quarter's earnings um management mentioned that the churn from the standard plan to the ad supported plan was only two percent so if that was the picture i would imagine for management they are even more confident right now about the value proposition to the customers and uh, for them to make that decision must tell you that Management is thinking that uh, the churn wouldn't be so great that, and that with the new pricing schemes, they can actually extract uh, maximum revenues from the market that they, they serve. So, um, I wouldn't be too bothered about it. Um, obviously from a user's perspective, that's, uh, that's uh, something a bit more tricky to think about, but uh, I think they have all the, all the bases covered um, on this point and uh, it really throwing a wrench in the works to the other platforms too because they will be thinking how to compete with this uh, juggernaut both in terms of uh, content reach and also in terms of the value proposition to uh, to consumers
1: really really good analysis sir thank you very much for your time today yang wang senior analyst at counterpoint research nice to hear from you watching anything good guys quickly anything
3: nothing for me No? no no
1: I'm watching something on the BBC iPlayer. Oh. Traitors. Uh.
0: Oh. We've been hearing about this for a little while now. I've actually got a friend who's also
1: really keenly really on it. Good. Yeah? Really good. Worth a watch? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Traitors. All about human nature.
3: And standing in the back. <laughs> in the back. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: Working in media helps you understand what's going on. (laughs) With all of Netflix, guys, with all of Netflix's successes on the subscriber front, we may need to prepare, yes, as I mentioned, to pay more for our subscription plans. Find out why on CNBC.com. That's not one of Arjun's articles. Uh, Tesla, meanwhile, is reportedly planning to build a new mass market electric vehicle. With Reuters reporting the company has told suppliers it plans to start production in mid 2025. They're not always best at uh, their timelines, are they? But they always have some interesting products. Uh, the report cites two sources uh, who say the vehicle, codenamed Redwood, uh, would be a compact crossover now the most recent update to tesla's roster of vehicles is the cybertruck which was announced in 2019 it was slated to start deliveries in 2021 but they didn't begin until the fourth quarter last year tesla is due to report fourth quarter results after the market close stateside today we will get back to tesla a little bit later on because i know you've prepped that as well but i spent far too long talking about uh traitors (laughs) and wrestling (laughs) and wrestling (laughs) wrestling. (laughs) You you ever wrestled no. But high <coughs> school wrestling, college wrestling is such a thing. I, I, oh, some yeah, of my friends from Chicago at the time, I used to be in the pit with a lot of guys, and they were all kind of athletes. And, and there was one guy who had the worst kind of cauliflower ears. And I thought he was a rugby player. It was wrestling.
0: Wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. And that happens quite significantly. And yeah. now Which is very different look, from
1: WWE. No. I, I, I wonder, though, do
0: those guys actually then leave that professional wrestling to then go into? entertainment.
1: No, wrestling. because their ears are too mullets. They don't look. <laughs> as beu- they don't look as beautiful oh, as the WWE. The well-manicured like WWE <laughs> I've come
3: from college wrestling. I could see someone else doing
0: WWE. No chance. Absolutely. No chance. Give me a $5 billion deal for 10 years. What's happening on the show? Come on. Come on, come on. (laughs) on. Well, coming up on the show, Donald Trump (laughs) (laughs) claims another victory. Also, he was on WWE, wasn't he? He does claim another victory as he eyes a return to the White House. We'll have details coming up next. Also ahead, Baffin President Mark Branson tells CNBC that European lenders will struggle to replicate the profitability. (laughs) of 2023 as he warns of the dangers of cyber attacks. Also, later this morning, we'll speak to SAP CFO Dominic Assam after the German software giant announced plans to restructure up to 8,000 jobs as part of its AI push. Their interview at 8.40 CET.
1: Well, we're all digesting the fact that the former U.S. President Donald Trump claimed his second victory in the race for the Republican presidential nomination, defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. Haley managed to win undeclared voters, uh, of course, because it was open to independents, not just Republican um, voters, but Dom- Donald Trump dominated the Republican party voters themselves with a victory that seemingly solidifies his position as the front runner for the GOP nomination. Now following his victory, Trump gave a fiery speech slamming Nikki Haley's decision to continue her campaign.
2: I can go up and I can say to everybody, oh, thank you for the victory. It's wonderful. It's won-. Or I can go up and say, who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and like claimed a victory, she did very poorly actually. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against crooked Joe Biden, almost every poll, and she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night.
1: Uh, Speaking after the vote was called, Haley congratulated Trump on his win, but stressed the race was far from over.
2: This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. The next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. At one point in this campaign, there were 14 of us running, and we were at 2% in the polls. Well, I'm a fighter. And I'm scrappy. And now we're the last one standing next to Donald Trump.
1: Um, She is. um, But it was, uh, again, depending on who you talk to, a stunningly strong night for Donald Trump. But actually, Nikki Haley just managed to just do enough to stay on in there as well. Um, Results further reducing the odds of a momentum driven surprise, including in South Carolina. That's what Goldman Sachs says this morning. That is the next major contest. And it comes down to now my understanding, having read. Vast amounts in the last couple of hours or yeah. so about financing as well. She has some very big backers behind her, including the Koch brothers as well. Um, but South Carolina is on the 24th of February. So that's a long way um, to that, that could be the absolute pivotal time. There are events before that as well, including in Nevada. Um, and then thereafter, Super Tuesday is on the 5th of March. Mm. Uh, and then eventually it goes down to the uh, RNC, Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, in mid july as well but i mean clearly for many people now the pivotal event is the 24th of february and looking at her financing and the appetite for her backers to carry on the fight in advance of the 24th of, uh, of uh, february
0: i think especially after she's just said that she's scrappy that she's a fighter etc one has to wonder whether that fight will continue post uh, you know south carolina as you make note of if she was expected to do well in New Hampshire, you know, can she then do well in her own home state then of South Carolina? Recent
1: polling averages show Trump with 52% in South Carolina and Nikki Haley with 22%. So to say it's a mountain to climb could well be an understatement. German software company SAP has unveiled a restructuring plan that will affect 8,000 people or around 7% of the workforce as part of a drive to focus on AI. Separately, the company revealed a smaller than expected 20% growth in full year revenue at its key cloud business to 13.7 billion euros, but forecast a pop in 2024 to as much as 17.3 billion euros. Now we're gonna be uh, speaking to the CFO of the company, actually, Dominic Assam, that is at 8.40 Central European time. Meanwhile, Siemens Energy posted an almost 13% rise in first quarter revenue, topping expectations as the uh, power equipment maker uh, looks to recover from a crisis in the wind energy sector. Order intake was up over 23% following months of negative news for the group, with the spokesperson saying we are on the right track, but no more and no less.
3: Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express.
1: For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com or join us again on the show with me, Steve Sedgwick, and Karen Cho, weekdays on CNBC.